Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. And let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day. Everybody's favorite conversation, the difficult conversation. So I've been reading <clears throat> a book about difficult conversations. And uh, one thing is um, I have found that I haven't been handling them either at work or in personal life as well as I'd have liked to. And so previously the book that I read, which is really great, is called um, Never Split the Difference. But there's this new book that I read, which I just want to talk quick about kind of the uh, the cha- the intention change when you come to the conversation. It is more is less about blame and judging the action and looking backwards and more about seeking understanding and kind of what is everybody's contribution and so coming to the to the conversation with contribution is really important because what he says and what I think is really interesting is people don't there there's three different types of conversations the first one is what happened and this is where we all get quite frankly I think most men get just (laughs) blasted over on this you said this I said this you know you did this. This is what it, it meant. The feelings conversation, which is how everybody felt, that gets left behind. So nobody really has a chance to discuss or say how they feel or get that type of reinforcement. And then the last one is the identity conversation, which is obviously mostly subliminal and it's mostly between yourself. You know, I'm a person that doesn't put up with this, you know. I don't accept when people treat me poorly or whatever the, the, the conversation you have internally, but it's just a great book. Um, and I really think it's helped me kind of step to conversations a little differently. And so from a, from a position of seeking to understand their, you seek to understand sure. themselves and also how they felt. So how do they feel has been a big thing for me is, naming the emotion of like anger and not just like I'm frustrated. It's like, no, I'm angry Mm -hmm. or I'm sad, like real emotions and feelings that people have. Because I think what we do is we feel our own emotions and then we judge other people's intentions based on how they make us feel. Mm -hmm. So like you immediately go to the worst possible intention for them. They don't listen to me because they think I'm, you know, they think I'm stupid mm-hmm. or they, they think I'm lazy where, you know, it's really interesting because I think this has allowed me to approach some of my harder conversations, whether it's talking about, you know, money at work or, you know, telling somebody they didn't do a good job or whatever the conversation, even personally, you know, you're frustrated with how they've been communicating with you, something like that. It's really something that I need to work on and continually I think most people need to work on it but it's how do you approach it tactfully and you know kind of set make it more objective which is really when feelings get involved it's really hard sure it sounds like you're removing um or you're you're almost acting from less of a uh, you're, you're less emotional and you're mm-hmm. acting from a place that is shielded from your own sort of inadequacies for sure. You know, it like provides you a temporary, Hey, here's a life raft. 
mm-hmm. where you may have the opportunity to look at some of the bullshit you're bringing to the discussion <laughs> for, sure. for, the, for the discussion. Yeah, for sure. Because there's tons of bullshit I bring to every discussion. Everybody, that's all you do when you show up to a discussion is bring bullshit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, and I mean, obviously not you in the gen. In, no, no, in, I, yeah, in the general sense, yeah. of course. No, and I, I, I think for me, uh. Another like key point is I approach conversations less about proving that I'm right. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that I did mm-hmm. a really poor job of. I would want to show up to the conversation and tell everybody my side of the story is the best. Mm-hmm. And like kind of getting over that was was something that um, I've gotten better at as I've gotten older. But it's been very difficult for me because a lot of times it's like, well, I am right. It's like, yeah, well, the other person's probably right, too. You know, so it's like that doesn't really get anybody anywhere um, because it's more of an ego driven, like I need to reinforce my identity and my belief Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. seeking a solution, which is, you know, hopefully while you're having the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So you um, did some traveling this weekend. Were there any difficult conversations that you had in that uh, in that adventure? Uh, yeah, I think there were. Oh, you're the backstory, I suppose. Yeah, so there, there was a difficult, uh, separation between a relationship and what, you know, everybody has their viewpoint on what you think is right and what you think somebody should be doing, whether it's, you need to leave them or you need to do this or, you, you know, whatever it is, um, because you know you have your information they have theirs but that was something i wanted to kind of understand and i was reading it on the flight down and i read it on the flight back and it was really great cuz kind of a long trip out there we went i went to uh um the the west coast and that was just a great trip and i think coming with that understanding allowed me to separate again myself from what i believed was right about every situation and just understand what was going on well it's it's really tough when you know you were going out to visit a friend of yours and um there you have an opinion about the situation they have an opinion about the situation and um it's very easy like again to show up with that opinion getting in the way of what that what is actually good for that person so i mean so what uh what did you guys end up doing so we so the west coast is a little different than the midwest because marijuana is legal Mm -hmm. so what what and another thing that i will say about kind of the area we were in is it's beautiful and when you're around mountains and the focus is more on enjoying nature i think it makes it gives everybody a lot to do so we did a hike right when we got there and there's just so much to do in some of these really beautiful places that the focus kind of can easily shift to nature and you've just become much more grateful for everything else. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, a lot of these trips we used to take, it's like, go to Vegas. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to pound three whiskeys on the flight and then you're going to show up all hooting and hollering and you're going to go lose a grand at the table or whatever the thing Mm -hmm. is. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of control over how you feel sometimes. And I think that this trip was kind of refreshing because it was like, God, the nature was just kind of, the focus and we just had a lot of fun and it's just really having deep conversations with people about life and understanding what everybody thought and again like me showing up and not trying to like input my dis you know 
my thoughts on everything and just seeking to understand was really, it really was helpful and it was just an enjoyable weekend. Mm -hmm. Any recommended things you would suggest? Um, so I think one thing we talked a lot about is how being outside and in nature has made such a positive, it makes such for great conversations when you're on a walk. Mm -hmm. And so like going on a hike with people or with people you enjoy or whatever that is, I think that's something we're going to, I'm going to try to take away and take back is how can you go to a, a river valley? And we did a hike where it was like basically up a mountain or up the side of a really steep cliff and back down and then down along a river. And it was just super enjoyable. Well, and, and nature is like, it, it forces you into being curious about your, the environment around you as opposed to, I think we spend so much of our time and energy being fed things, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the consumer mentality, the obsession with phones, screens, whatever. It's constant, like you're able to feed yourself, mm -hmm. you know, from the bowl of like digital pseudo satisfaction. For sure. Whereas when you get out in nature, you... Um, it's more level setting, which mm -hmm. I think is why golf appeals to people so much. For sure. Because, That's why it appeals to me. <laughs> well, because yeah. you get to be outside and you also get to test yourself at like the mastery of a skill. Mm -hmm. And there's... Um, you know, I, I, and that's obviously why we like skiing so much too. Mm -hmm. I mean, skiing is the For exact sure. same thing. Plus, it's dangerous, which is, makes it even way more fun. Then you to get golf. into flow. Yeah. Then we talk about <laughs> yeah. flow. Yeah. But being in flow state when you're golfing is ridiculous. That mm -hmm. if you're striping the ball, that's so fun. It is because that game is so frustrating in almost every other incident that when you finally get into that zone and can actually feel what you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. how you're supposed to be playing the game, it's pretty remarkable. And it only, it's interesting because it goes in and out. So it's kind yeah, of fleeting. So yep. you can have yep. it for like three holes mm -hmm. and you hit those perfect shots and it just feels so good and you just feel like, God, I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, just chunker. something gets in the way. Yeah. And, and so I've actually been reading a lot about how to get into flow state at golf. And there are clear ways to do it. And something, it's very simple, but it's relying on your senses sure. when you're over the ball. And so everybody's sense. So if you think of like listening, seeing, feeling. And so there's different things that, that these teachers are telling you to focus on when you swing. So like... What they're really trying to do is instead of thinking over the ball, I need to get my right elbow in and I need to get my left arm sure, straight. Sure. But the they words. say it's like feel the pre the grip pressure as you swing and concentrate on feeling the grip pressure the entire time. Okay. Or if you're more – and what they said that's really interesting is everybody's different. So I could have one thing. Tiger Woods has one thing. Jordan Spieth has one thing. You have something else. Mm -hmm. Um and it maybe it's visualize the ball flight while you're swinging, like what ball flight you're trying to hit in your head, which that's what everybody says in all these books, and it does not work for me. It doesn't work for me. Very I can't well do either. that at all. No. I'm a feel guy, so my hands, mm -hmm. and I figure this out, which is funny. I went to Top Golf with our other brother, mm -hmm. and I had just a really fun time. And I, the entire time, I was just focusing on my grip pressure. Like when you'd swing, it's like just trying to feel what percentage of 100% it was. Did you bring your clubs? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. 
I used their shitty ones. Sure, sure. But the guy next to us did. Okay. And he was hitting drivers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. Typical. Yep. You know exactly the type of guy he was. Yeah. You know, well, he's like a, a dad from one of the suburbs. Sure. Who's hanging out with the boys, showing them how far he could hit drivers, even though it's like a flight-adjusted ball mm-hmm. into yep. a net. That's yeah, 270 yards away. Or Not whatever. E- it's two, yeah. 200. 200, huh? So... So anyways, when I was at Top Golf, I really did a good job of focusing and you can like do these little things of oh is it or is it the sound? Like is it the sound that you want to create when you mm-hmm. swing? You know, is it the tempo of your swing? There's just all these different things you can try and it makes golf way more enjoyable. Sure. Cuz it gets you out of your out of head. your head, yeah. yeah. And that's what I realized is like I'm so analytical. I think we all, you know, we are we solve problems with our heads all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's the appeal of people who go on, you know, 15, 20, 30-mile jogs is the runner's high, the blank yep. mind. Mm-hmm. I think we're very much, as a culture, seeking that sort of reprieve from the programming, you know, yes. and, and the nature. I mean, that's, that's another reason sauna has been really fun lately because mm-hmm. um, it, it just sort of puts you in a state of stress such that yeah you you're know, so hot yeah yeah There's you not can only of think thoughts. about like how uncomfortable you are yeah. <laughs> yeah not like oh what yeah you can't think about a work situation when your body is sending screaming at you. signals yeah, yeah exactly same yeah. with cold that's what wim hof was big with cold yep. it's the exact same just flipped yep cold is more um in my opinion um threatening Oh, it's way more threatening. Yeah. I mean, warmth is like sort of comfortable at the beginning and then mm-hmm. it becomes shitty. But yeah. cold is like, it sucks, sucks right out of the time. way. There's no, there there are times when you kind of like when conquer the cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's definitely not the first thing. Whereas the heat, it's the total. I mean, it's yeah. kind of the inverse. And I'm very excited to go up and uh, do some, some polar plunges yeah, this year. Yeah, we got to do those and cut. Yeah cut so, holes in the ice yeah i i think we got to cut a couple holes and mm-hmm. do that we got mm-hmm. just such a great setup and for all the listeners we got a sauna ten mm-hmm. a big sauna and i think sauna parties are going to be a yeah. part of the winter red regime here in the mm-hmm. midwest mm-hmm. like what are some of the midwestern things that people do in the winter to try to enjoy nature i was just well, thinking skiing. about how we do that yeah. Uh, so like, downhill, Nordic. Yeah. Um, there's fishing. So mm-hmm. I went fishing, uh, and it was two weeks ago. Had an absolute gas, and it was you know 30 degrees out there. It was cold. There was <laughs> so ice. What, what are you wearing when you fish like that? Um, well, you're standing in water. So I was wearing two Winter. pairs. Yep, two pairs of socks, three pairs of pants, like uh, long underwear, sweatpants. And then like these kind of thinner, like hiking pants, basically Mm -hmm. insulated waders. And then on my top, I had, um, like under long underwear, um, a sweatshirt, uh, a coat, a wool, uh, my down jacket and like a, another fleece Hmm. and obviously hat. But you can't wear mittens because your hands are in the water, so your hands are wet, but your hands just get used to it. I don't know. It was so fun. Um, Mm, Yeah, but other things, people like 
you know, go ice fishing. That's a big thing here. But yeah, ice fishing, ice fishing is, literally is, just like, is literally just drinking in a I'm box. Gonna put a, yeah. I'm going to put a hut on an ice and watch football and, and drink. And hope that every once in a while my tip gets popped. <laughs> <laughs> I pop my tip up in the air. Yeah. And, it's <laughs> and like, then I go take my tip and then I go uh, reel in the fish. Reel in the fish, which and, is literally just pulling it straight up. Yep. And then <laughs> and then tuck the tip back into yeah. the waist belt. Yeah. That's and then like, take a nap. Yeah, yeah I've smoke never been a cigarette. Big, yeah, I've never been big for ice fishing, but I know that's a big activity. It is. There's also people who do snowmobiling. Oh with, yeah, but snowmobiling is kind of just an excuse to drink behind a motor vehicle too. For I mean, sure, that's so many people I've known who have unfortunately died from snowmobile accidents. It's oh, a very dangerous yeah. thing. It is, especially you know I've done snowmobiles and you are ripping. Like well, you you're so close 80, to the ground. And you yeah. go 80 yeah. in, in one flick of the wrist. Well, and I think it's different um, when we're doing sled riding here because mm. you have giant planes. So usually all you're trying to do is cover distance. Yeah, There's no adventurous component to it because there's almost zero elevation. Yeah. So if you go out to the west and you're in the mountains and you're going up hills and you're like more active, you know, yeah. I can see how that would be. I mean, being in a snowmobile is super fun. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's like a jet ski. But it's a different it's a different mm-hmm. style of fun when you're out west because you have that like varied elevation change. I think there's more of an exploratory component as opposed to like I got to go 60 miles in this thing. So yeah, am I going to sit here for 45 minutes or am I going to sit here for 60? Yeah, I'm going to go across this lake. Yeah. In freezing cold. Yep. Yep. So uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a huge. Obviously, you could tell which way we're swinging. Yeah. Exactly. But. Yeah. Uh, what are other winter activities? Um, I don't know. There's the sled dog racing. You know, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. Now we're getting into like uh, the stuff. ski joring. Mm-hmm. You know, like where you hold on to a ski rope behind a horse and then they pull you yep. on skis. Um, there's tr- there's snowshoeing, mm-hmm. hiking. Um, I know there's somebody, some people who winter golf. There's ice hockey. Oh, hockey is just monstrous. Hockey is monstrous, and hockey is a subculture which we didn't participate with growing up at all. Really, I mean, we did. You I did, did for until a bit. third grade, but that doesn't count. No, because you didn't make it. I mean, to 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 really bleed. Mm-hmm. Hockey, I think you got to make it kind of to high school. High school, you got to basically give up your life. You got to like give up. up you have to at one point give up every sport. Well, I'll give I you some like. some context for those of you who are not from Minnesota. Hockey, Minnesota is a state of hockey. Um, national, the national sport of Canada is actually lacrosse. It's not hockey. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's, so perhaps that makes us the most hockey. Crazed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Russians are pretty crazed too. So anyway, yeah. um, like hockey is so all encompassing that even for my coworker whose son is on the very last team in terms of athletic ability, he's mm-hmm. on B2. The, like the D team or whatever. Pretty much of his. I suppose it's, you know, for its, it's, it's they're only going to go to B's. He's still doing hockey four days a week, and he's oh, in seventh grade. And then yeah. if you're in A's, you're definitely doing hockey every day. So I was just talking to a guy who his son is, or a friend of his friend, his his friend's son. They're driving to Detroit this Ooh. weekend, and they went. They they're For literally every tournament. weekend driving 
And I bet that, hours. I bet that kid's in hockey every day. Yep, he's got practice that is if three not hours twice away. A day. Oh my three God. hours away. So they drive six hours for, for practice. practice. And they have practice three times a week, so it's not every day. Still, though, that's but that's just he—he he has to be on some sort he's of. He's trying. It's a developmental elite. team, yeah. Which apparently the kind of joke was is like he can't beat the kids in the city, like in the town that they're in. Oh my! And it's God, like if you can't beat me. those kids, why are you driving? Why are you driving? So then it kind of becomes this inside. They're just everybody's kind of ripping on them. Well, and how wouldn't you? You know, if your yeah. kid's not going to be on varsity for the high school team, how, why? Why do you think that a developmental yeah, league is going to do better? Yeah, and that's uh, that's, that's kind that's of avoiding a difficult conversation yeah, right there. There you go. It's, that's the that's the avoidance of you're not good enough, son. Let's just. Let's back it in. Let's, uh, Let's hit the books. Yeah, and I, it sounds like it's the parents that are the ones that are a that little, want it. Yep, that are a little delusional. Hockey parents, man, those are a special breed. That's why they put bars in the hockey arenas now. Oh, they do. Yeah. So apparently, there's there's a lot of issues with this, and that a, would be a huge issue. Parents yeah, drinking of, at youth hockey a games. A lot of coaches are really sticking and saying this is a horrible thing. Oh yeah, because they're having to deal with these parents after you have to bring the kid early to the game. You know, yep. an hour, half yep. hour before. Well, what do have they do? Have a couple do? cocktails before they the game. Drop in, have a couple cocktails, go in after the first period, couple more. Oh, second period by the end of the game, they're potentially just unable to drive crazy and, and riot, yelling at the coach rowdy. like they said if you thought youth athletic commentary from the parent section was bad just, just, wait, just wait until you get hockey and alcohol in minnesota i mean that oh there should be a television show about that oh i'm sure there should it's like the real real world sports real real you think of like the real, real, real housewives of atlanta that like is the, the Minnesota of, equivalent is yeah. like hockey dads and moms that are drunk when their kids are playing. <laughs> oh my God. Talk about Kardashian drama. Yeah, if but you that's want it. actually a perfect cultural representation of like the kind mm. of ridiculousness of being a Midwest or a Minnesotan like parent. Mm. It's like the most quintessential Minnesotan thing you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that thing when you're when you're potentially at your worst form. Yeah, and, you're so emotional. Oh my gosh. And you're so uncontrolled with everything you say yeah. and do. Oh. Oh man. Well, maybe maybe real real hockey wives. Real and hockey. Dads. Real hockey parents of Minnesota. Yeah. Straight up bravo. Mm-hmm. That's not really a that's not really a bravo flavor. That's more of an FX flavor. Yeah, that'd be FX. It'd be come on coming on after MXC. Yeah, I think before, before I don't know if they still run uh, reruns of Fear Factor, but if they do, it would, <laughs> is that Joe Rogan? Have, yeah, it is. Oh man, next we have. God, he's been everywhere. Real, that guy's been yeah, everywhere. Yeah, he was. He was. He was um, actually a uh, a uh, a pool shark in New York first when he was in the underground comedy scene. He would hustle people for money. Yep. Yep. And then he's comedy. Yeah, comedy. Then he was, then the he podcasts. Was MMA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he did. MMA. He did the MMA um, when he was seventeen. He quit, I think, mm. but still, like, continued to train. So. Yeah. If you want to hear more about him, obviously, you can go to the most notorious podcast of all time. <laughs> yeah, which, but I do find myself listening. He's got great episodes. Um, he does. He's got interesting guests and mm-hmm. a, a pretty. It's the neglected. one thing is it's the one thing that I was uh, so I listened to his Jordan Jordan Peterson broke down why. Joe Rogan is good to Joe Rogan. Really? And he said, it's because it's three hours of unedited content. 
which everybody's getting the full you. Yeah, yeah. And that is exactly in today's it. age, it's so everything rare. Yeah. is doctored, doctored, and cut yeah. up, and everybody knows yours isn't. Yep, that's true. And so that's what he said. He basically created a market and leave it to Jordan Peterson for for free form content. Free form, yeah. Long, interesting content. Long form. That's what it is. Long form, yep, interesting but content. But he will tell you that Howard Stern was the first to do it. Howard Stern was the original long-form radio host. Yeah, he was. And so mm -hmm. Rogan took it to this medium. And then I heard the uh, the ailings of a dying generational sort of um, phenomena, which is local radio that is only available in like the 25-mile radius. So I was up fishing yeah. near the North Shore. And um, I'm in, you know, 10, five miles south of Lake Superior. So in the very thick of northern Wisconsin. It's beautiful country up there. It is. And I was just, uh, uh, I don't recall what I, I didn't want to put any my podcast on. I was surfing through stations and I just ended up landing on this very low budget, like dudes who are sitting in their garage with a, basically what we're doing but um but up there but put but on the fm radio and they had this morning show and it sounded like they had about six guests because or six listeners because they would say the they names. would ask them they would ask them to call in they would say, you're kidding no no <laughs> no they would say yeah yeah we haven't had from uh we haven't had a call from you know jeff down there over at 708 122nd street or whatever and they You're so they, they would make these call outs and then every once in a while somebody would call oh, oh we got a caller oh. <laughs> and it sounded like it, it was great though their engagement was was on point so we're doing this asynchronous so we don't get mm -hmm. the we don't get the advantage i mean that's the that's the advantage of the old time radios when mm -hmm. it's live right i mean we could do the the YouTube or the the live there's tons of streaming Facebook apps which live stuff whatever that Periscope mm -hmm. as uh, you know or whatever and I'm sure we'll eventually we'll go that direction but right now we're still trying to figure out the asynchronous stuff mm -hmm. so um it was it got real cold up in Minnesota which means that I don't know who does this but somebody whoever maintains the grounds at every every sidewalk every parking lot every walkway first snow of the year the salt ferry comes and just dumps oh yeah salt yeah they it's, it's like I, I don't get it we got a quarter inch of snow quarter inch quarter inch making snow making it rain with salt making it rain it's ridiculous yeah do you have any idea how long this winter is going to be yeah and you're out here throwing salt around like it's like it's i mean jeez <laughs> Like you're throwing yeah. sugar onto yeah. some table. It's I mean, the guy's it's like, got eighty bags in his in his I know his house, and he's all excited. And then all of a sudden, he's got twenty when he exactly, comes back. exactly. We well, it, the that's what frustrates me so much is because we're gonna come end of February, and people are gonna be like in the doldrums of winter. Everybody's vitamin D levels are like you yeah, know, it's totally seasonal depleted, effect, seasonal depression, and um. There's no salt around because all you bastards who are out here salting in November were mm -hmm. just acting like the salt fairy dancing around on the sidewalks. Yeah, just like, chucking. oh, I just bought salt. Oh, I'm just going to use a whole scoop. I'm just going to drip it all. Yeah, this, I mean, it's scarce resources up here. There's no, there's no plant. There's no rationing. And well, it's and so frustrating. hurting the dog's feet because. Hurting the dog's feet. And my other, everywhere. my other frustration is shoes. Hmm. I mean, now. Oh, nice shoes. Oh, you got a, mm. you got a nice pair of shoes? Not anymore. Nope. 
They they are gonna Not have a nice old take a t- take a take a whiff at that. Next thing you know, you look like you got shark teeth on your feet Seriously. coming out the side. You got all these. Oh, oh God! No, it makes your shoes look like shit. Horrible. I remember I, and they don't really come back from it. I mean, in the you winter, you could try, but it just—it's never going to be the same. No, you have you have a nice pair of dress shoes. I'm not kidding. I one of my clients, their grounds crew. I should I should like ask them if they'll reimburse me for my shoes for how yeah. quickly my shoes got ruined from all of yeah. the salt that they put down. It's just I I was quite embarrassed. So I I was traveling for work. So I get in, and everybody on my team, we were in, I think, Indiana at the time, and it's winter, and everybody is from California or Florida or Texas, mm-hmm. and that's me. And I'm, you know, I show up with my shoes, and they just look like they have their white stuff <laughs> look, everywhere. Looks like shit. Looks like shit. <laughs> like, Sam, you need new shoes. I'm like, no, like it's halfway through the winter. Why would yeah, I get new shoes? Go get a new pair of shoes. And they're like, get a new pair of shoes. Yeah. So I had to go get a new pair of shoes because it just looked like shit. But I was like, God, I, I don't want to ruin a new pair You're of gonna, shoes right now. It's middle yeah. of the year. It is absolutely ridiculous, the amount of... So Do you I, wear those shoe covers? No, I have not. But I, I have <laughs> seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people. I'm considering buying those i i made a switch recently that i'm very excited about and um i bought i bought like thin ish Mm. boots that are very that look like dress shoes underneath dress pants but they go above the ankle so i can stomp through snow snow that's the problem is when you that is a ticket right there Mm -hmm. it's so i think winter wear for men is difficult i mean obviously not as difficult for women i get it but true for men, yeah i couldn't imagine being well i mean I, you well then what you get you get you see women walking around with knee-high boots i mean oh, the, yeah. those are that's the new those thing. are the killers right there i can't imagine how hot that would be that would be hot i have my feet are so sweaty mm-hmm. the moment i wear th- i can't even wear thick socks that's how bad my feet are well, I'm I I really enjoy, like I don't have my summer wardrobe is laughable. I don't I don't. Yeah, your ha- summer wardrobe is hilarious. It's extremely it's extremely. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's basically my winter wardrobe without sweaters and sweatshirts. Yeah, pants and boots, and it's all I own. So, um, I'm in my prime, you know, come now. fall and winter. Yeah, I get to exercise all of my winter wear, which mm-hmm. you know. Very big fan of, but mm-hmm. um, the shoes, dress shoes, wearing dress shoes out in the winter when it's negative ten degrees, and well, it's, they're not, they're not, they're not, you, they're not versatile. You can't, it, and and you, I've if fallen before. Oh yeah, because they're too. so flat. If you got wood on the bottom, mm-hmm. get out. You I know, and these you, nice no things. Tra- they have, yeah. That's why the solution might be. Those super nerdy covers. You may with, have to with the fancy spikes on the bottom. You might have to. And I, I've never done it. You don't see a lot of people doing it. Yep. But I, I think you got to be that guy. Show up like a. I think you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna be walking long distances mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Yeah. You you'd go through a new pair of dress shoes every year. Yeah. If you really, I mean. And probably. One, and how many men are going to take their dress shoes and put them in their backpack and wear boots? None. No, that's way too much. But will you take off these little rubber covers and throw them in your backpack? Perhaps. I don't know. That's, I've never done it. I don't know. That's why maybe this is the summer to go over on that. I don't know. We don't have a, an official 
um, shoe cover sponsor, but I think no. we should at this point. We, yeah, we'll brown we'll shoe into covers. The, we'll report back with brown, the best shoe covers. Brown shoe covers. Brown maybe? shoe covers. Because <laughs> right now you can only get black ones, right? Yeah. Why? Well, why don't you? You should match them to your shoes, which absolutely you should be wearing brown shoes. Yeah, which I this, I saw this gentleman the other day who was wearing. I mean, light dress shoes have really come into vogue. Oh, they're they're they're, they're the new. Thing. They're all the thing. I'm yeah. gonna wear. I'm gonna Alan wear. Edmonds. I'm gonna wear a blue suit, and I'm gonna wear some light ass dress shoes that, and then pop pink socks or what or maybe and no pink socks. socks and a and a very flashy undershirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm uh, cool. I'm very cool in my uh, attire, non non flash. But uh, oh, I like to go straight blue. Yep. You go blue with a little variation of blue like, on blue on like blue a, with a, a strip of orange. Stripes, that's it. Like stripes, <laughs> you know? like a blue with a blue stripe or like uh, white. Yep. You just can't go. Can't too go far. wrong. No. Can't go wrong. You're never gonna be. You're never gonna be. Uh, you don't work inappropriately at dressed. No, we don't work at we Target. We don't work at Target because that's just a fashion show. It is a fashion show. I don't have nearly the um, the. Uh, the fashion sense to not even close no. that's a it's so far out of our mind they would probably like I, it would be amazing if I, if they even let me in the door yeah. if they were you know like i mean this guy yeah like you're unless they're gonna put me in here. like compliance you obviously don't I bet, work here i bet the people in compliance are pretty like low-key i well, would you hope. think of even like accounting you would think there'd be some normal dress but i i don't know you never know i don't think they're attracted to work at a place like target though no because no. I, I remember the funniest thing is so I was interviewing for that job out of college and my mom said, how many times have you been to a Target? And I was like, <laughs> 10, yeah. maybe in my entire life. Yeah. When I was going to go try to pick up. Well, like, did you ask her how many times she had been yeah, to one? Uh, what would, she was what like, did you say? 4,000? A million? <laughs> I don't know. As many as humanly possible. What, uh, twice a week for Twice a week 30 for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is actually like thirty six hundred. I mean, that's a lot. So. Hey, good guess. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Well, it's like that. So that's. I obviously didn't end up working there. No, but you that's don't really have the, the target flair. No, I don't really no. understand what the what women the want. draw is. Yeah, what? they're not. I'm not. I'm not good at targeting women and what they uh, want. It is. It is one of those things, um, which I never really made the connection to, like the targeting what women want and mm-hmm. it being called target. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those things that like, um, I have a coworker of mine who's, um, statement on the bottom of her email is, um, the intelligence is an ability to adapt to change. And she is one of the more change resistant people. It, ever. Intelli- sorry. Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. Okay. And she's one of the more change resistant people that That's, I've ever met. Of course. Really struggles with it. But also, so it's kind of ironic that you're like, why is Total that your irony. quote? Yeah. yeah. And then you look at Target and they never obviously make the statement about like, well, we're really targeting you mm-hmm. with like designing this experience specifically crafted for you. Yeah. But that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, so they we say know, it without saying we know people at Target that have worked there and they basically say they try to design your experience as you walk through the store. Yeah. It's remarkable. And so they try to, I mean, they track every step you take and try to get you to step and go through certain places. So, we were joking about this is like, oh, that's only five dollars. Oh, that's only eight dollars. And all of a sudden, 
$160 later, you just you have a bunch 20 of things stuff. that you don't even need. Yep, yep. They do a very good job, but the alternative is Walmart. And Walmart, you got to have thick skin to go in there. You know? Yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah, which is fine. Your, but you're going to bring you, your A game. You may, I mean, check last your, time. You got to check your six. Yeah, you do. You do. I do think, though, so I was talking about this with a couple uh, women our age was the, like, a- Amazon. Sure. Is making the target visit much less necessary. Sure. So reducing, yep, yep. definitely reducing the amount spent. Oh of man. Spent spent there, which I happen to see a lot of Amazon boxes coming into my house a lot. Yes. <laughs> we, yep. That's always the fun. That's always the discussion amongst men is how many Amazon boxes just appear all of a sudden yep. every day. Yep. Like they just keep coming. They just what, never stop. Just everything is always there. Which it's not a man's job to fill the house, so, you know. Yeah, in your case, so, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's keep it that way. Totally fine, and it's always a fun conversation to have, so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this other thing that's been on my mind uh, is because I've now um, been, I now consider, so there's this, there's this Middle Eastern phenomena where people don't, ever touch each other with their left hand because it's viewed as unclean. Mm. Do you know why that is? Yeah, I do. Why is it? Because they wipe with that hand. That's exactly it's true. It's the poop hand. It's the poop hand. The and left hand is the poop hand. The left hand is the poop hand. We can repeat that. The left hand is the poop hand. The left hand is the poop hand. So if you were to go in and do give somebody the old one, the, the two-handed shake, which mm. would typically be viewed as like your really showing a lot of respect in the u.s mm-hmm. the two-handed that's like shake a care, that's a care care yeah i'm really ca- care. i really care i really care about you the two-handed with the direct eye contact yep. is usually yep that's that's a that's three-pointed like, triangle of that's of, like your of aunt, i'm all into that's like your you. aunt shaking your hand like very yep yep like not a hug laser focused just, just up below that mm-hmm. so that would be offensive because mm-hmm. you touch somebody with the left hand or even if you were like, so, you know, walked up next to somebody and then touched them, you know, on the shoulder or whatever with your left hand, any, any, any contact. left hand contact. And I have, I took that to heart. I used to chat with this Middle Eastern gentleman who was definitely telling me that he wasn't trying to convert me to Islam, but he was definitely con- t- teaching me about all of the great reasons that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed being educated about it. So I, I listened mm-hmm. and, um, and we got on the topic for some reason about about why the left hand is unclean and mm-hmm. that always stuck with me and I made a commitment I started to wipe left handed made the switch ooh made the switch see you're having to reach across the body now, in most instances in most, there's actually yep there's actually a trade there's yeah. a hand there's a hand uh, there's a handoff mm-hmm. yep there because is because and Most bathrooms are oriented such that you go straight from the toilet paper to mm-hmm. the tush. No I intermediary. Think, I think ergonomically that'll benefit you. Cause, so I, uh, well, I've I, been having some I would, shoulder problems. I wouldn't get carpal tunnel syndrome maybe as much. I, well, I've been, so this, I've been having some issues with my back and neck. Okay. And one thing that they from, said. From, from sitting on your computer. Oh, I, for I would, sure. And what they said white, also though, could wiping, be. Yeah, it's totally right-handed wiping. Yeah. What they said though is could be like if you drive with your 
same hand on the wheel every time. Which do you? Yeah, I think I do. Right or left? Left. I always go, yeah, I'm left-handed I'm driver. Which yeah. is my left side. And they said that, that. And I also face the same direction when I look at my computer. Yep. So I have a second screen and I'm turning. Yep. Mm-hmm. So all those factors and you do those for months and months and hours and hours and hours a day. You got you got back issues. I'm telling you. Get, so, in, the, get in the pool. Oh yeah, that's the get well, in the pool. It's the reset. That's a good that's a good point. Or, so I've been I'm trying to determine my uh Do you have a gym membership? Gym membership. Yeah. That's like my that's Eric and I have been having that discussion. It's uh it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm I, gonna do it. I went as long as I could. I even tried last year with no gym membership and it didn't work. I It just doesn't it's just you can't get no. You can't high. get as much out of your body, mm-hmm. uh, and the body just needs to be needs to be ran like that sometimes. What I'm also realizing is not working out or doing less of a workout. I don't have as much energy in the day. Yeah, yep. Your energy gets depleted, and mm-hmm. yes, I'm like eating way better, and I'm doing all these things, and I think that's kind of the next step, especially in the winter. Like if you're in the Midwest. Oh yeah, you, you don't need, like you need something. You go out for a walk and you do half of what you normally do. Yep, definitely. You know, like there's not. It's punishing of, outside. Like it's not we, like you enjoy being. Mm-mm. You know, despite what, it's still it's still oppressive. The cold is still oppressive. Yeah, even why do you think lifetime fitness was started here? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's other fitness areas. But they really popularized like the high end. High end fitness, fitness because experience. it's a good place to hang out. Well, yeah, it's bright in there. Weekends there are fun. Yeah, I mean, you can go yep. play basketball for eight hours, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some good games. It is, but we digress from the um, from the. Okay, emphasis so let's get back to wiping. Let's get to the left-handed. Left-handed wiping. So you've switched. I'm switched. I'm a. I um. It's so ergonomically, awkward. it's beneficial. Well, I I don't know about the ergonomics, but I, I at least feel you confident. Do it every day. I at least feel confident shaking a man's hand. I can say that. So you shake. <laughs> I, yeah, shake, I, know, I get it, but are you confident in him shaking your hand? I might, I might, I might, I might do a little bit of poop exchange. Yeah, but at least I suppose though, in the West, everybody should just be shaking with their poop hand and just get it up because the research on microbiome. People are getting fecal transplants. Really? I mean, we're ahead of the game, actually. Yeah, we're, shaking we're, with we're the poop doing hands. it just by shaking hands. <laughs> yeah. We're transplanting should, all over the place. I might, I might have to go back. Yeah. Shaking with my poop ant. Yeah, you got to start contributing towards societal good. Energy exchange of yeah. microbiome. Yeah. yeah. You're contributing toward public health. Uh, really? By shaking your hand yep. with poop on it. Next thing, we should start licking each other's phone screens. <laughs> <laughs> because, as our mother told us, that's the number one area for pe- fecal matter. I think it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Phones are extraordinarily dirty. Well, yeah, it's because of the stinker tinkers. <laughs> Oh man! And who under the age of forty is not a stinker tinker? I don't know. It's the it's the best time to read an article or catch up on some news. Catch up on a laugh or two. Text I mean, a, text away. Yeah, I used to joke uh, with some friends when I was you know pretty big into work. It's like every time you time you got a text from me during the day, <laughs> you're on the job. I was on the job. <laughs> was because Break, I was breaking the action. You know, work working, yep. and you don't you mm-hmm. know texting. Yeah, and, and using your phone. Yeah, and texting. You're at that point. I was on a client site, so when you're with people, you're with people. Yep. Like sitting there texting again, in our industrial world of work, looked like you weren't working. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you're not at your desk staring at your computer. You're not working. Yep. Which culturally. 
is a whole nother ball game. You know, we'll talk, we've talked about that before. We'll yeah. continue to talk about that. But, um, well, this episode was brought to you by Just Brown Underwear. Soon to come out with uh, switch hands. Yeah, <laughs> switch hands. Try things up. Soon to come out with brown um, shoe covers. Shoe covers. Actually, not brown towels is probably the brown next towels. in line. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you want to pick up a pair of Just Brown Underwear and set yourself up for success with some feedback-free underwear, go to www.justbrownunderwear.com. And that's all we got for you today, folks. So tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. Thank you.